0: Locked on Syracuse is back and we've got a lot to talk about here on this Tuesday morning. Syracuse football takes a big blow at the quarterback position, plus the NCAA is coming up with yet another stance on NIL and we cap off the show with talking about the structure of ACC football. All that and more on Locked on Syracuse, let's go. You are locked on Syracuse. Your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, all right, all right. Brad Vaughn, Voice of People, host of Locked On Syracuse. Part of the Locked On Podcast family. Your team every day. So, this is one of the busiest days we, we have had since the new regime of Locked On Syracuse. Since Tim Leonard and Tyler Aki said, well, we gotta hang it up. And they didn't want to stop doing Locked On Syracuse, who would? They had to. But this is the kind of day that makes them want to come back. Of course, there are other days. Big win. Start of a season. Selection show, assuming Syracuse is on the correct side of the bubble. But an off-season day like this with just so much substance, it's exciting. Again, we're going to talk about ACC football. Divisions might be going bye-bye. What does that mean for Syracuse? Plus, the NCAA, again, NIL is a situation that they have to correct their stance on every five minutes, it seems like. They've done it again, and it impacts Syracuse in a big way. But we begin the show with Syracuse football. And and this is terrible. Justin Lamson, backup quarterback, out with a non-contact knee injury, surgery required, no timetable, but it doesn't sound like he'll be having a quick recovery here. Now let's put the cards on the table. We can't speculate, but typically a non-contact knee injury is an ACL or an MCL. And typically that's a year long. Again, not saying that's what Lamson has. But I'm just laying out precedent here. So we don't know. But what we do know is, it's not going to be quick. And my father always said, under-promise, over-deliver, under-expect, be surprised when you get something. So I'm telling you, don't expect Justin Lamson to play this year. If he does, by some miracle, be surprised. Say thank you. But other than that, you're looking at Garrett Schrader, Joe Velari, the Michigan transfer, Jacobian Morgan as your scholarship quarterbacks. Now, where does this leave Syracuse? Probably, probably doesn't really affect them. And I say probably because Garrett Schrader is the starting quarterback with or without Lampson. Was Lampson going to compete for the starting job? I don't know. Probably not. But it would have been nice to have someone. I heard Lampson took a really big step forward in the spring. So it was probably Schrader anyway. But you think about depth now. And we know what Jacobian Morgan is. We have a good feeling as to what Dan Valari is. And another option wouldn't hurt. And we talked a few episodes ago about Chance Amy. Remember him? Guy that was actually on the team in 2018. Played under Eric Dungy and Tommy DeVito. And Dungy said that he had a bright future. Had everything he needed. Oh, someone's emailing me. (laughs) He had everything he needed to be successful. And then he transfers from the program, goes to junior college for two years, plays moderately well. Syracuse offers him again. And I went on the pod and said, good, go get him. He announced the offer on a social media post on Twitter. That post has since been deleted. (laughs) I don't know if the offer was pulled... Or if he's mad at Dino Babers for some reason, or if his account was hacked, probably not the last option. I don't really understand. I'm 22. I don't even understand what these players do with these cryptic messages and social media and scrubbing their accounts. Like, grow up. (laughs) If you have something to say, just say it. If the offer was pulled, say, hey, it's not going to be Syracuse, but it's going to be another great school. I'm looking forward to it. What are we doing? There was an NFL player that just did that. Scrubbed his account. I'm trying to think of who it was. It was very funny. I think it was a receiver. I'll think of it. I'll think of it. But... Chance Amy scrubs his account. So what does that mean for Syracuse football? It means that probably the quarterbacks that they have are the quarterbacks that they're going to have to run with. And, again, there are worse things. We are talking about contingency plans here for a guy who played healthy last season. But at the same time, Garrett Traders are run-first quarterback. Are you going to count on him to play all the games. Is he going to play 12 games? I mean, he did last year. He was healthy for 12 games. and did play 12 games. But you remember what happened with Eric Dungy. It was Kyler Murray, by the way. I'm from looking it up. Kyler Murray is the one who scrubbed his Instagram of everything Cardinals when he was upset about his contract situation. I guess he still technically is. So you're going to count on Garrett Schrader to be your guy for 12 games? Okay. I think it's a gamble. The way he plays in that offensive line, I don't know if it's a gamble that you can afford to take. And all of this is being said in the context of, we don't know what Dan Vellari is. Heck, maybe Dan Villari was going to beat out Justin Lamson for backup quarterback. But I can pretty much guarantee... That Jacoby Morgan was not gonna beat out Lamson for backup quarterback. So we'll see. We'll see what Villari has to offer there. So we move on now to a more macro topic here the NCAA cracking down on NIL collectives. Now, what's an NIL collective? It's basically a mock <coughs> excuse me, a mock company. That alums and boosters of certain schools form to collect money to then fuel NIL. Basically, it's pay to play. And I'm not going to say I called it, but nah, I called it. A few episodes ago, I went on the pod and said, okay, so Syracuse is one of pretty much Two schools, it seems like, in the nation. Most of the big programs have it. In fact, some programs have multiple NIL collectives. It seems like Syracuse is one of the only schools in the nation that does not have an NIL collective. Why is that? We talked about it. Should they have one? Yes. But at the time, I said, I guess morally good because it seems kind of shady. It just seems like a way to pay players. What you're still not supposed to do. Don't forget the rules. <laughs> you're still not allowed to pay players. You can just pay them for their image and name, image, and likeness. But they're still not getting paid to play. That's exactly what NIL collectives did. They were paying players to play. Not allowed. So NIL collectives are not banned. But the NCAA is cracking down on their role in recruiting players. Basically, the NCAA is saying, okay, we understand that we messed up. We understand that we did not give you many guidelines, and this is the result. We're not going to tell you what to do, but come on. This This is not okay. That's what the NCAA is saying, and that's why the NCAA is a joke. That's why I think within 10 years, the NCAA will be all but extinct. That's a separate topic for a separate day. But NIL collectives are still not banned. And I think Syracuse should still get one. There's no reason they shouldn't. The alumni base at Syracuse is very strong. There is money there. And I hate to be that guy, but there's such an obvious loophole here that so many schools are going to take advantage of. What is an NIL collective's role in recruiting. Now, NIL collectives are still allowed allowed to fuel NIL for players that go to the school, just not for players who may go to the school. But I ask you, what's the difference? If a player takes a visit, let's say to Clemson, because Clemson has a couple of collectives, a player takes a visit and sleeps over in the dorm or in the off campus apartment, whatever the team puts the players up in. Bunks up with a few players for one night just to see what the team is like, see what the campus environment's like. That happens all the time. So, Recruit A bunks up with Player B. And Player B is telling Recruit A, about all the NIL opportunities he's had because of Tiger Collective. That's not actually what it's called, but it's Tiger something. That will play a role in Recruit A's recruitment to Clemson. No? The only difference here is that the NCAA is saying, okay, you can use these, but don't just say that you're using them, you know? You can have them, you can benefit the players this way, but you can't be going up to 17-year-olds and say, hey, because of this, you will." I would guarantee you that. So the loophole is, get an NIL collective. You should still get one. There's no reason not to. They're allowed. The loophole is get one and use it appropriately. Which is... Again, stupid, because the NCAA is basically just admitting that they were wrong without actually doing anything about it. But why should Syracuse pay the price for that? I still don't understand why they don't have one. Again, they have some other resources for their players. They have this database to link players to companies, companies to players, They partnered with this company, Brander, that will basically link Syracuse players with the brands that the university and the athletic department has already partnered with. So they have an infrastructure to help their players. But I'm telling you, in the 21st century, in 2022, it is not nearly enough. High school players expect more. High school players want a guarantee. Jim Beheim said to himself a few days ago. Right now, on the recruiting trail, the question that every kid will ask him, the Hall of Famer who was coaching when his father was in college, the question is, What can you do for me? What will you do for me? This is my future. This is my college. I'm only going to do this once. And when I say this, I'm not talking about one school. I'm talking about college. Because any player is likely to transfer at this point. I'm only going to do the college thing once. And I might not do it for very long. I might go to the NBA. So in that limited window... What are you guaranteeing me now? And Jim Beheim has taken the, at least in the public eye, the NCAA kosher approach, which is, well, I can't guarantee anything, but this is what other players have gotten. This is the precedent. So use NIL collectives to do the same thing. I don't see the harm in it. But there's a lot to look at when it comes to stuff like this. There's a lot to think about. And I think it's just hilarious how the NCAA has mishandled it. And every time I, I Google just NCAA, something about NIL comes up and something new comes up and something pathetic comes up. The NCAA is its losing me. It really is. By the way, our partners at Online is continuing to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. So we talked about Syracuse football. Their quarterback backup bet is Justin Lampson out. Hopefully not for very long. It seems like for it will be for a long time, though. Non-contact knee injury. We discussed the NIL collective situation. The NCAA. Cracking down on NIL collectives, air quotes up the wazoo. Yeah, right. Syracuse, go forward, get one. Now let's talk about the ACC and how it affects Syracuse right now. Because the ACC is talking about eliminating divisions as soon as 2023. Now, I'm going to say something that everyone knows and people might even be sick of hearing But it's worth saying. It's all about money, guys. And moreover, it's all about basketball, rather football. It's all about football, it's all about money. It's all about football money. Now, Syracuse is one of a handful of schools in the nation that make more on basketball than they do on football, assuming that team has football and basketball in the FBS. Like, Villanova doesn't make more money on football. They make more money on basketball, but they're an FCS school. So there are exceptions there, but you think about Kansas is another school. But even a school like Kentucky. Kentucky makes more on football. So it's all about ACC football money for almost every school, and largely for Syracuse. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's where a bunch of their income comes from. So the ACC talking about eliminating football divisions as early as 2023, reported by ESPN's Pete Thamel, who presented two potential models that the ACC could go with. One is teams having three permanent opponents and rotating five more on on and off the schedule every other year. So that would essentially preserve rivalries, even though Syracuse doesn't really have one. The other is having two permanent opponents rotating six teams on and off the schedule every year, which would send each ECC team through a team's campus over four years. I like that one. Now, they're very similar, obviously, both with the intention to say, okay, well, we have to preserve rivalries Certain teams have to play certain other teams every year. I get that. Even though I wouldn't say that there are ultra, 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 ultra fierce rivalries in the ACC. I mean, you have rivalries. But it's not like you have an Auburn-Alabama. Like, if you want Clemson and Florida State to play every year, be my guest. But at Duke, North Carolina in football, are you really going to hold up a part of your schedule every year for Duke, North Carolina? I don't think so, not in football. So that's why I don't think there are that many rivalries that you need to really preserve. That's why I don't think you have to hold on to three games every year, three opponents every year. Just go with two and Get the flexibility to go all over the ACC. Play a team, every team, twice over a four-year span. Hosting, visiting. I love it. And the way it's organized right now, like, Syracuse has gone to Louisville like three straight years. (laughs) It's it's unorganized. It's all going to balance out. But that shouldn't be. It needs to be more structured. It needs to be more fair. Like Sean Tucker has never hosted Louisville, it's never happened. Aaron Service spent most of his career six years at Syracuse playing at Louisville. Why it should be even doesn't make any sense. So, I think it's good though, there are different options. I think it's good that they're getting rid of divisions because they don't really mean anything. And to me, the biggest bugaboo that I've had with ACC football divisions is that it limits the ACC championship game and thus limits the college football playoff. And and that's what it's all about. Like That's why the ACC is doing this, to make them more accessible to the college football playoff. So you think about the past... We'll call it 10 years. Seven years. How's that? Oftentimes, the best two teams do not meet in the ACC championship game. Like, Clemson and Florida State are both in the ACC Atlantic. Which means that they cannot play in the ACC championship game. Now, Florida State hasn't been very good for a while, but think about the Jameis Winston Florida State teams versus Clemson. Those would have been good ACC championship games, do you think? Uh, last year, it was Pittsburgh playing from the Coastal against Clemson, and it was just a formality. I mean, Clemson Clemson beat them pretty easily. But, the, the second best team in the ACC was Wake Forest. Wake Forest couldn't play Clemson because they're in the ACC Atlantic. So, it does open things up for Syracuse um, If you want it to be really formal and really technical about this, it's really good for Syracuse because Clemson's really good. And essentially, to get to the ECC Championship game, you don't have to beat Clemson right away. You just have to beat them when you get there so you can get to the college football playoff. And I laugh because, hey, Syracuse is just nowhere close to even thinking about that. But technically... It is something something to consider. Eventually, Syracuse will get good enough to compete for an ACC championship. You would think. You would hope. And if it doesn't happen, then Dino Babers will be unemployed. And that's just the way it is. But that's the Syracuse angle, technically. But from a competitive standpoint, it's good. It's a lot like NBA divisions. Like, why do you even have them? Now, the ACC divisions... Have a far greater role in the competition than NBA divisions do. But it's just one of those things like it's annoying. We don't need them anymore. Tra- money has been flowing freely, so travel is not really an issue. Like before, divisions were okay, let's pull certain schools together. That way we don't have to travel all over to Kingdom Come. Well, first of all, that's stupid. Because Syracuse is. One of Syracuse's closest opponents is in the other division, Pittsburgh. So it's stupid that you're really talking about that. And in 2022, money's free-flowing. Money's not an object. Travel. Fly. (laughs) Go to Miami. Screw it. And it's not like the other teams in the other sports aren't going to Miami, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech. No. The softball team plays on the road in these other schools, these other places. So there's no reason the football team shouldn't travel more because they're bringing in far more money. Something to think about. Overall, it's a thumbs-down day for Syracuse fans, though. After Justin Lamson's injury, that is, that's a tough blow. And we'll see if the football team can bounce back from it Assuming Garrett Schrader stays healthy, it should be okay, but something to look out for, for sure. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. Now, make your second listen Locked On ACC. Get all your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Tomorrow, we talk more about Syracuse basketball. I promised a few more superlatives today, but again, it was just such a jam-packed day. We'll get back to superlatives tomorrow. And get your voice heard. Tweet at us at LO underscore Syracuse if you have an idea for our superlative segment. All that and more tomorrow. Same spot. Same place. Same time, maybe. Maybe it's a little earlier. Regardless. I'm excited. Wednesday on the docket. Catch you later.